Welcome back to Raising Hell with Adele. Um, today we're going to be doing our part two episode on autism. And today I am with... Doug Sim. So would you like to introduce yourself a little bit about you and how you're going to be talking about it and like obviously what qualifies you to gotcha. and all, right. all that kind of stuff? Well, I'm Doug. I'm the father of London and the husband of Cindy. Um, London is a nine-year-old boy with uh, living with uh, autism. Um, I am... Just over four years of being a stay-at-home parent. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, it has been the best thing that's ever happened to me, as well as a lot of work <laughs> and a lot of cha challenges, but certainly huh. more blessings than challenges. Yeah. So, um, actually, going into that a little bit, um, would you want to just briefly talk about mm -hmm. what it's like to be stay-at-home? Stay-at-home parent? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um it's the best of, of everything you can possibly experience. And then it's also the most challenging work because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the results are your child. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, is it like a lot of pressure to just not so much pressure, but there is, I think the hardest part of parenting is the fact that you have to look at yourself. Uh -huh. Um, the easy part is the, the schedules of the day. You know, mm -hmm. making food or cleaning up, all that stuff. That's just kind of, you can go into robot mode at that point. Yeah. But the challenge is when, when there is a, uh, a time where he acts up or he, um, you know, is misbehaving or we're like, in a situation that just isn't good for us. Or that you're going to, like, what you do is going to dictate his What like, I'm going to do might, might affect attitude. him on how he reacts to certain situations. That's the challenge is when the adult has to look at himself him or herself in the mm -hmm. mirror and say oh I could have done that one better but as your parents would say as my parents <laughs> yeah. would say it is not a perfect um, situation all the time um, parents make mistakes parents get wrapped up in a situation of the day or of the minute mm -hmm. um, but all in all I think if you have if you're putting you know effort. Your, your effort and your your and you're making the, the proper decisions the majority of the time, yeah. <laughs> everything will turn out great. It's a marathon. You know, it's yeah. not a sprint. You're not going to get there tomorrow. Um, and certainly with London uh, and autism, um, that's just been a whole other world of accelerated education for Cindy and I, as well as London, for yeah. sure. But, uh, you know, we're not just parents. We're parents of a child with special needs as well. Yeah. What made you mm. decide, like, you're like, because you, you and Cindy were working, right? Yes. So, uh, Cindy and I were both working uh, when we found out we were pregnant mm -hmm. um, and continued to work up until London was five, five years old. Yeah. Uh, we were lucky at that point uh, where we had a nanny that we worked with, uh, Pilar, who mm -hmm. was with us from four months old to five years old. Mm -hmm. um, that unto itself was mostly absolutely positive and wonderful. Yeah. He's bilingual because of that situation. Yeah, and yeah. there's so many tricks and um, talents he has because of spending time with Pilar. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the challenge was oh gosh, he's five now and we're the parents, not Pilar. Yeah, and so yeah, there yeah. was a, a, a balance. Now, preceding that decision to, for me to stay home when he, when he was just about five years old, mm -hmm. um, I had wanted to do that for you quite, quite a few it? years. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was definitely something that I, I wanted to, uh, to be involved in. Um, partly because at that point I was... 19 years into working in the advertising industry, which is... And you were just kind of like... A little toasty. <laughs> a little mentally fried. We could do one on that Yeah, exactly. Too. There's a whole other podcast, kids. Don't um, go into the advertising industry. But again, super... Uh, I was lucky that I could, you know, earn a paycheck to yeah, provide yeah, for, yeah. for the nanny and provide for the house and provide for the family, et cetera, et cetera. But what we... What we what ended up happening was when we got the diagnosis at two and a half and then I leave to, to be a stay-at-home father at mm -hmm. five, that two and a half years, we were literally Working. paying the nanny to learn about speech therapy, paying uh, the nanny to learn yeah, about yeah. The, the, all this different stuff. Uh -huh. <clears throat> and Cindy and I obviously were totally involved, 
Yeah, but, but it's like it's, it's pretty, like how much can you it, it, how much you can you work, do yeah. when when I'm at office and she's at her office and then she traveled with yeah. her job a lot in those days, mm-hmm. and so we were missing all we were missing his childhood, um, in the sense that, you know, the drop, school drop offs and picks up. Yeah, we would do that, but then when we we bring him home and drop him off and then the nanny would take over. And mm-hmm. so that world just got, which is in a, it's a good thing that it happened because we, it showcased evolution and progression for everybody, for London, for me, for, for Cindy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, prior to that decision being made, I had wanted to do that and yeah, just yeah. circumstances, financial, et cetera, et cetera. We just kept it pushing just through like and, it, and it also got comfortable. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that's the, that's the kiss of death right there is when things get uh, comfortable and easy, then you're not moving forward. So, but that whole time, um, that Cindy and I were working, you know, he, London went into preschool. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would literally drive to my office, work for two hours, drive back from Costa Mesa, pick him up here at the house in Uh Irvine, Portola Springs, drive him to preschool, drop him off, talk to the teacher, get back in my car, drive back to Costa Mesa, then finish out my, then work the rest of the day. And that's all by like 11.30 in the morning. Oh my God. Then Cindy would leave her office at like 2 or 30 or so in the yeah. afternoon, go pick up London, drop him back off at the house for the, with the nanny, and then she'd go back to her office. So the nanny was literally sitting here for three hours watching TV, you know, getting <laughs> yeah, paid. Yeah. So that, that, is, that only it's happened... Way yeah, just the way it, it's the way it just happened, and then that last year, that's when I was like, okay, this is we're we're and he it's was obviously he was he was growing, he was involved with speech therapy, he was getting involved with occupational therapy, so it was a time to make that decision. And I know Cindy really likes her career, um, mm-hmm. and at the time she was you know earning a little bit more money, and she was traveling with her job, so. For me to leave my company, uh, the company I worked for at the time, it Makes was sense, it was a pretty easy decision. Because especially if you're saying you weren't really enjoying your job, it like was, you'd it, rather spend it time was here. To way past burnout yeah. phase, yeah, 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 for sure. I was ready for now. Having said that, I vividly remember um, the day I left was July eighth. It was a, it was the day after uh, my birthday. I thought I got out of the office without people knowing it was my birthday. So on my Uh, very last day at the office, when I'm literally interviewing with human resources as I walk out the office, then they throw me a birthday party. I'm like, oh, I could have almost got away with it. (laughs) So July 8th was my last day at the office. Um, The nanny, uh, we kind of scaled down those last couple of weeks. And so on July 11th, on that following Monday, here I am with this little boy, and I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> like and so it was, uh, we hit the ground running. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, we had a somewhat of a routine, but we were also entering a su- the summer. And so there's no school. The there, exactly. So now it's like, okay, how do we fill this kid's day up? Yeah. Job? And uh, when he was in kindergarten, it was pretty easy because at, at the time, um, London was. Specific to autism, his brain um, hadn't, quote unquote, developed or matured. We'll call it matured. Yeah. yeah. So he was still very docile, very just kind of go with the flow, whatever happens. He's still like just little, just super happy little dude, no opinions about anything, um, no resistance or rebellion or anything like that, which was awesome, but because it was easy to take care of. However, you want them, you, you, as a parent, you want your child to express themselves and advocate for mm-hmm. themselves, etc. So he was not doing that. So for that first X number of months in the kindergarten, it was, it was a pretty easy schedule. He was easy to deal with, which was probably great for me because it gave me a nice runway to kind of build my day. Yeah. And then thankfully, uh, he did start to get, get, yeah. get involved and get engaged and have opinions about things yeah. and want to play with a toy that, you know, and then obviously the structure of kindergarten, um, so it, it was a, um, that, that first six months of staying at home, it was, really as a, it was, it was awesome in a lot of ways. And then it was, um, certainly challenging, but educational in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because now would you say like, like at least when I come to babysit, he kind of loves to just, he has his own little world where yeah. he's kind of scripting stuff. And so not that like, I'm not going to try and entertain him or anything, but 
you know, he's already got so much imagination. So I can leave him upstairs for two hours and, and he's and just I'll, I'll check in, on him, like but I'll just him. let him go and he'll do his thing. And if, and I know because of the rapport that he and I have built over the yeah. last four years, I know if he needs something, he's going to come get me. Uh-huh. Um, and that unto itself, that was That's a, a, great, a huge, like, um, stepping stone or a building block because when we were doing speech therapy here with this wonderful speech therapist named Jamie, uh, who worked with London for three years, she would sit with him at the top of the stairs and I would hide in the bedroom and she would, she would, um, model for him. Hey, here's how you yell for your dad, dad, you know, really yell it out. Not just dad, I need color color panels or whatever. (laughs) And so that was a huge, uh, stepping stone. So now here we are four some odd years later and he's a little dude now and he's going to express what he feels and he's going to tell yeah, me what absolutely. he needs or if he's hungry, if he's thirsty, if he wants a snack or if he wants to go to Michael's and get color panels or I, go to the park yeah. or whatever the case may be. And, and I, as a parent, um, you give a lot of leash and then you, you always have a leash Pull to back, tug it back yeah. a little bit. But I give a lot of leash on him Mm -hmm. just to see how he's going to respond because thankfully he and I have a pretty strong foundation that we can always, that we built over the last four years. So I don't have a ton of worries. Um, Certainly autism plays into our daily routine, whether it's at the grocery store and he gets a little frazzled because of the the environment, Uh, whether we're at the park and some other kid tries to play with his toy. I know those hot buttons yeah, to, yeah. to kind of either deal with it or pre, like kind of, pre, they call it preloading. You know, you can say to him, Hey London, if you take your toy at the park, probably a good chance some other kids going to yeah. want to play with it. And you're not allowed to freak out cause you know, what's going to happen. And then uh-huh. he may choose to leave the toy in the car or, um, if, if does, it happens, I can, you can talk kind of tell him like, yeah, you, exactly. Cause you already kind of I've already been there, done it, got the t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. No, one thing I do appreciate is he's very like, He'll tell you when something he wants or needs oh, something, yes. which is great for me because, like, maybe for the average, like, for example, I'll be like singing a song with him or talking with him, and like for a little bit, sometimes he's like, you know, really interactive, and yeah, then I'll yeah. be like, stop talking and yep, and I'll yep. be like, all right, you know what? <laughs> I love that because he's advocating I mean, for him. Yeah, and for some people, maybe they might be like, whoa, like, you know, but it, it's just. It's better than yeah. just letting him be passive and mm-hmm. not saying anything. So I could go into the misconceptions because my first question was going to be like, what's a misconception? Do you think a misconception would be like when maybe like people like London advocate for this themselves, maybe because they struggle in certain ways of like, they're not going to be able to understand every sure. aspect of socializing. So people need to just appreciate that they're able to advocate for themselves and not take offense to it. Yeah. So, so that per our earlier conversation, Cindy and I view this stuff very differently in certain, in certain categories. Uh Um, so to, as a general misconception of autism, um, would be, it's not a disease. Mm -hmm. If they cough or sneeze around you, you're not going to get it. (laughs) Right. Uh There's also a misconception that any child or, or adult for that matter with autism is this brilliant mathematician that can, Mm -hmm. you know, balance the, the national budget in five minutes. Yeah. That's a misconception. London, although he loves numbers and he loves patterns, I don't think math is huge on his list of things that he's interested in. Um, I think he'll get by, but, um, it depends for each person. Totally. Like, like for like London has like great memory. Yes. I know other people with autism that they struggle a bit totally. more like in school. Some people do great. So it's, it, it, it's just unfair to put that pressure. Exactly. On, on like it's another, child. it's just another thing to yeah. deal with. Totally. Sorry, it's, it's, yeah, no, no. It's part of who he is. It's not all of who he is. In yeah. fact, the, what we are seeing and what we've seen over the last solid year, I should say, is a much more, um, a much stronger advocation for his, like his, his needs, himself, like... his personality, what he wants, which is fantastic in the majority of ways. But at the same time, he's, he's a little boy and yeah. little boys can be little brats sometimes. And that, and, and, <laughs> yeah. and the, the point I was trying to make 
previous to going into the misconception stuff was Cindy and I have learned, certainly not perfect and 100% all the time, but we have learned to take a situation, whatever it may be, and we, we, based off of our experiences with London, we can't look at that situation like you would or maybe your mom would. We yeah. have to go around to the side here and look at look look to getting into the house through the back door instead of the knocking on the front door because he's operating in a way that is so um technically precise and exact mm -hmm. that us as neurotypicals we are feeding off of um body language vibration where he doesn't do that. whereas his brain is very computer-esque so he's viewing a situation that is you know, two plus two is four. It's that simple, right? Yeah. Whereas you and I are There's going, like nuances. Exactly. Things. So okay. dynamics, right? Yeah. That's a huge um, talking point in the autism community, static and dynamic. And static is, although it's static, you think of it, the TV, you know, yeah, with the yeah, snow yeah. on it. It's not. Static is rote. It's pattern-based. And that's... Something... That's... Yeah. I keep pointing to your phone like, hey, Lennon, oh, here you are. <laughs> that's fine. Um, that's fine. So static is the alphabet. Shapes solar system numbers. It's the exact every single time. Why is that comfortable for him? Because his brain is processing information at lightning speed, way more than you and I can yeah. even fathom. So what's going to make him comfortable? Imagine if you're running, a, I mean, when you run, right? And yeah. you're sprinting, sprinting, what's going to make you feel comfortable? Something stopping, stumping, yeah. right? And stopping and get a, a Gatorade or whatever. Something that you know is comfortable there. for you, yeah. right? So he's always going to um, return back to uh, it, it, you know, those, Numbers I don't call them habits, but preferences we'll call it, I guess, or passions, interests, yeah. because that then calms him down. Like I'm doing right now, like I'm shaking my leg. I'm not nervous. I'm not upset. It's just, it's just, it's like... just my calming technique and my brother and my sister have the same thing. It's just part of who we are. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. I don't have to take a pill for it or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's just way of same thing with London. He's gonna he's going to lean on and we all have our habits yeah, yeah, where yeah. we lean on to kind of regulate ourselves and get us back centered, whether it's a hot shower or yeah. um a run yeah, or yeah. Um, cleaning the garage, whatever the situation is. He's just gonna go back to those pattern based scenarios. And those patterns will evolve as he gets older and older. We know that. You think for they'll sure. change into other Totally. Like... He, he's even he I, he's gone through phases. Trust me. You've seen him talk about the solar system yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe a handful of times over the last year. He, you said he used to just obsess. That's that was all, all he did. it was. It was really? all planets. I, I mean, mean he for does literally like... three years, it was just oh, like, it was really? maddening to Cindy and I. You're just like, like, okay, Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, sometimes Pluto. I got it. Okay, <laughs> we're done. Well, then after we were... Yeah, yeah losing our brains over three years of talking about the solar system. Well, then he started going into dwarf planets and Maki Maki and uh, all these dwarf planets. I never knew existed. I have a college yeah. degree. I never knew this stuff. Oh and so God. that's when we looked at each other and we're like, wait a second. So his patterns this is, evolve. And his patterns do evolve. Different. But the fact that he did it. Um, I, you know, it's not, we didn't come up to him and say, hey, you, you should start talking about dwarf planets or you should talk <laughs> about, you know, celestial beings or whatever. He, yeah. he to, to himself, he gradually matured past the standard planets and then took it into a, yeah. another situation. So that's when me as a parent and certainly Cindy, when we realized, okay, he, he's ascending. Right, mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of challenges on the autism spectrum are kids with with autism. Um, they they uh, regress. Mm -hmm. um, so he could be this, and we've known a, a handful of parents that have dealt with a child that was basically quote unquote neurotypical up until like five, and then the regression kicked in, and that's scary stuff. Do you that, think that's, that's like their environment because something like or who it, knows? It, just, no one it could really just be. It could be. It's a neurological. Disorder, and that's a stupid word right then and there. But it's like beyond. It's beyond. Of it's anyone. it's all frontal lobe stuff. Uh -huh. um, yes, I think other factors play into it. Whether it's you know Cindy talking about supplements and the diet, and that is that is. Which yeah, huge, she was saying. Yeah, I'm I sure never she heard did. about that. So. <laughs> well, um, I mean, imagine if you and I 
went to Taco Bell and just grubbed down. And then, you know, we said, oh, shoot, we have to go run five miles right now. I don't think we'd really feel yeah, like, yeah. Run. okay. So same thing so with, so with autism for, yeah. is if you have a, a stomach ache, the last thing you want to do is sit in a classroom and learn about math, right? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of these kids on the spectrum, um, unfortunately, they, they do have these absolute preferences with their food so they end up eating the same food over and over and over and over and over again and that's clearly not good for their gut therefore then they may have some type of whether it's a stomach ache or some type of intestinal issue etc etc that's not producing enzymes it's not making them feel good i mean you and i if we if you and i had salmon broccoli and some potatoes i'm sure we'd feel a lot better than you and i eating you know sloppy joes and coffee right yeah and i can imagine like for us it like I don't know, eating food and like, I kind of am an absolute disaster when I can't like, when I eat something wrong and I'm not relying, I don't know, like just being in the neurotypical world as a neurotypical is just regardless, I think it's going to be easier. Yeah. Not to say it's fair, Mm -hmm. but it's just going to be a lot easier. Yeah. So to put the pressure on someone with autism to like, if they're not able to eat as well, like and then they're just dealing with like stomach issues it's like it's just another hurdle and their brain is processing information very quickly too although it may be it's all internal they're not coming out and saying or at least again i'm speaking to my experience with my son i can't speak for everybody um but he is verbally challenged in some areas thank again thankfully he is ascending he's progressing um and every day we're hearing more and more things that we just look at each other in amazement where that just never used to happen. Uh-huh. Well, to Cindy's credit, she did implement, um, you know, this, uh, biomedical doctor that we've been working with over the last mm, nine months or so. And it's work, man. It's not easy. And it yeah. certainly is not for the faint of heart. And it's not yeah. a, the one thing I do want to say to a lot of parents out there is there is no magic wand, there's no silver bullet, there's no magic pill that you can take. It's a series of trial and error, whether it is occupational therapy, speech therapy, horse therapy that we tried, mm-hmm. um, and then on the supplement side of it with um, regula- well, regulating their gut. And he's gluten-free. He's gluten-free. And he eats like, fruits and vegetables. Thankfully, he, we've never had a single issue with fruits and vegetables yeah, yeah. with this child. I know that I, I myself probably didn't have vegetables until I was like 17 or something. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm the last one to talk. But thankfully, London always uh, ate vegetables and fruit. So we're, we're very lucky in, in that regard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my other question that I had asked Cindy was, what have you found? Well, I think you've kind of talked about this, but if you don't, we're covering it all. Today, yeah, yeah. Adele. If you want to skip it, no, 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 no. But it's what have you found the most challenging or eye-opening as a mm. parent of a special needs slash autistic kid? And like maybe what you like for Cindy, like what she had no idea really yeah. she said about anything until she was in the situation. So what would you say about? Yeah. Um, what's been the most? What's most challenging in regards to the special needs? Eye-opening. Yeah. So there's a bunch of answers I can give. Um, I could be really topical and surface, or I could really delve down deep. Um, <laughs> one one of the things that happened to me, and this is this is without autism, but then certainly played a role into autism. Okay. London was one years old or so. Is that even proper English? One years? Yeah, I, I don't even know. London it's was fine. a year old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had ish, one year. A year on old, him. and uh, um, uh, I took him to the pediatrician for just a regular old checkup, uh-huh. right? Regular old checkup, and Cindy was out of town uh, with her job, uh-huh. and so Pilar, our Danny, came with us. It was standard stuff, right? I was, we had like an eight a.m. appointment. We're going standard checkup, and then I'll drop them off at home, and then I'll go into my office. So we get to the pediatrician. If it's cold in here, I can turn the oh, that's okay. AC down. Whatever you um, So get to the pediatrician and check, you know, Pilar's got London. He's a year old, right? Um, and barely, barely just starting to walk, right? So yeah, enough yeah. to, you got to keep your eye on him, but you can kind of hold him. Yeah, yeah. So I'm checking in, doing the paperwork with the, the administration person. Yeah, yeah. And this family comes in behind me. 
and it's a mom who looks like she hasn't slept in 14 years and she's just beat up and she's got three kids and uh-huh. they're a little bit spazzed, you know, whatever, but they're kids. I get it. Well, one of the kids had a, um, uh, some form of mm, a skin issue mm-hmm. and, um, his entire body was covered in blisters, bumps, uh-huh. whatever you call it. I mean, whatever you're imagining right now, multiply it by a thousand. Uh-huh. His fingernails were black from scratching the blood. Oh his eyelids were bleeding. Oh it was bad, bad, bad. Uh-huh. Like, and he was still this happy little dude. He was playing on playing with the toys that they had yeah. in the waiting waiting room. <clears throat> and I just remember, I. I had a physical reaction. I looked at the, the nurse and, and as we went in, ultimately she said, yeah, he's, he's got this rare skin disorder and it happens like one in 500,000 people or something like that. Yeah, some, yeah. some rare disease or whatever. But I just remember going, I, and I looked at Pilar and, and she goes, and Pilar goes, yeah, that's why we don't complain. And from yeah. that point forward, and this was a year and a half before anything with autism entered our life. Yeah. And I just remember going, I will stay up three or four nights in a row if you need me to. If that, if, if changing a diaper or whatever is the worst of what we're going to have to deal with, so be it. Because that yeah. kid, and he, again, he was happy, he was playing. But I mean, he, his entire body. Like just it just covered. looked like he was probably so uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. But he was still happy. And yeah. I'm not judging him or his mom or whatever. But what you I'm saying is the effect like, that, that it yeah. had on me. So to answer your earlier question... I applied that as we jumped into the autism deep, deep end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just getting fire hosed with information. Just, I mean, we took him for a neurological test, and the um, I remember them coming back in, and they just had this look on their face of because he wasn't meeting milestones. He wasn't, you know, picking up the red block and putting where the red block. It, things yeah. two and a half year old should, should do. do. And she came back in and the nurse gave us our results and this and that. And I just remember um, certainly being angry because somebody was telling me that our son was deficient. And what did Cindy and I do? We went back to work. <laughs> Literally, she got yeah. in her car. I got my car. Uh, like, I took London right. and Pilar home and then went to my office and Cindy went to her office. Yeah. And it was just, it was a t- trying was to catch a tidal wave with like, a cup of coffee handle. kind of thing. <laughs> Right? It was just like a lot. To it was way too first. much. And I just remember going like, God, I'm sick and tired of hearing, you know, people, all this stuff. Like, yeah. And so you just jump in and little by little, and this is to Cindy's credit. She just started chipping away and chipping away and chipping away. And yeah. then we thought, okay, it's a speech delay. So then we got a speech therapist. Yeah. And then as that went on, then we got a, um, uh, then we started to go, okay, this isn't just speech. This is bigger and then our pediatrician did use the a word Mm -hmm. um and then it was just kind of we didn't look at each other like let's sit down and have a it was just like let's just keep going keep going just keep going for better or for worse i'm sure that that is has challenged us as time went on but i mean cindy was the first person to reach out to um, a company called aces that did that worked with special needs kids um doing um aba therapy um, and that's the standard course of action with newly diagnosed children is to get in, into ABA therapy. There's two therapies, ABA, and then there's one that's a little hippy dippy that we actually, we've done yeah. both, right? Yeah. And we did ABA for about two years and it's, um, it is positive, but it has its challenges as well. And then there's a therapy, um, called, uh, RDI, which is relationship development intervention. Mm-hmm. And I promise I will answer your question in regards no, to you, you challenge, kind of, you, you the have, biggest challenge. The I challenge is not the child, at least uh, for you, for me. You know, I can, Cindy and I can only speak to our child. Yes, there are moments that are a little crazy. Um, we've had some tough ones for sure, whether it's at the grocery store or at home. But the challenge is the outside world and the just tidal wave of information coming in, but at the same time, not enough experts out there that are really engaged in this world. It's getting better for sure. And to the parents that have, you know, 25, 30 year old kids now, kudos to them on what they dealt with in a world that they probably had no information. And where people are almost like 
to the point where they, yeah. back then, like I feel, I yeah, mean, yeah. I can't speak, but people were kind of like ostracizing. I mean, sure. not that they don't now, but <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. It Put was them on worse. the short bus, yeah. you know, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, so that would be the 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 biggest challenge specific for me is just the influx of information. Um, but at the same time, there's this. Um, uh, there's an irony because if you do go to a, a standard elementary school, the, those special needs programs are not, not where they should be. Yeah. They're, they're okay for a couple of the kids that are in that class. But because they can't cater to they every They can't cater kid to every child, exactly. And the, the approach of, and I talked about it before, ABA, which I believe stands for Applied Behavioral analysis mm-hmm. um and then there's the what well, we we did that for two years and then we for two and a half years we did um this relationship development interve- intervention rdi therapy which is which is literally total um the opposite direction of aba therapy aba therapy is very um to give the listeners an example if london left his shoes in the hallway with ABA therapy, I would hold up a card with, uh, with literally shoes drawn or written or a picture mm-hmm. of shoes and just look at them. And just like, right. So that, that that's ABA therapy. I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm just an example. Uh, yeah. I'm using it as an example. Uh-huh. Whereas RDI therapy is, Hey, I see your shoes are in the hallway. And then you stop and you leave an abstract statement out there to hope generate and build um, Some, neural pathways so where he starts to go okay i've heard this 10 times now I've, i see your shoes are in the hallway and then ultimately yeah. then he goes and picks them up i swear to we worked with this woman melissa who changed our life that that has been the greatest therapy i think that we've done and it wasn't necessarily about london it was about how we communicated with because I mean, obviously you can't accredit everything to a parent it, it's a or whatever, whole, but yeah. it's everything, but you know, a it, part of it is. And, and Cindy asks that question all the time. Do you think it's this or do you think it's this? And I go, well, it's everything. It's the, it's, it's the yeah. four years of occupational therapy that we've done. It's the six years of speech therapy that we've done. It's the supplements. It's the horse therapy. I can't believe I'm going to give that credit, but that was, that was cute for, for a month. Okay. I got it. <laughs> And then it was the RDI therapy and floor time therapy that we worked with this guy named John, who's amazing, mm-hmm. um, who taught us a whole other. And again, it's just teaching you. There's no silver bullet. There's no magic pill that you can take. Yeah. It's just teaching the parents because hopefully those parents are with the child the most, right? Yeah. Teaching them different angles of, to, approach. Uh, to approach the situation. Uh-huh. Yeah. And again, we can only speak for London. There's clearly children out there with some severe levels of whether it's downs or autism or whatever, where you kind of know that that's a little extreme, right? And you're not going to probably get too much back. You can't push, you can't push them to exactly set. We can do what we can do for our child. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another question, this is more like not as much of how you're raising him, but when have you been in a situation when people jump to conclusions? Like when you were talking about getting resources and all this information. Mm. Do you, I feel like I could, I, I'm just going to assume or guess that most of the people that are really invested are affected by autism in some kind of way. Like mm. I just personally, for the most part, don't see many people getting invested in something unless they're affected by it or unless they know someone, all mm-hmm, kinds of stuff mm-hmm. like that. So because of that, I would say, while autism is gaining awareness, it doesn't get the credit it should. So because of that, people are going to jump to conclusions. When What do you think people do wrong? How, how do you think they yeah. could handle a situation like that? Like Cindy explained the grocery store sure. situ- situation oh, where yeah. people could have... Been there a few times. Yeah, yeah. So what... Um, sorry, that was a long way to ask no. a question, but... Um, so, so yeah, so per our earlier conversation, Cindy and I approach this pretty differently. Um, it's not that I don't, I I will answer your question. I don't, it's not that I care about how other people respond specifically to London. Uh, You don't know what you don't know. It's, it's Mm -hmm. as simple as that. Um, 
it's not for me to dictate to somebody at the grocery store or somebody at Hobby Lobby. Like, hey, you have to. Hey, you have to respond to my child perfectly right now because because he has autism and and there's your my legal disclaimer and now I get out. It's like an out, right? A get out of jail card kind of thing. And I never want to use that situation. um, Okay, yeah, yeah. Because it wouldn't be fair to London. um, Because then, oh, the world's not going to be like that. Exactly. That's that's not life. I get your question, um, and you're you're absolutely right. The autism community slash topic is growing in popularity in in regards to um, more education, more attention is being um, you know drawn to that world. Is it perfect? No, and it's going to take a lot more. Um, like every. Like everything, sure, <laughs> like, and it's going to take a lot more doctors. But again, uh, a huge challenge with the two therapies I was just talking about. Um, with the ABA therapy, it's, it's sanctioned by the government. It's antiquated. So a lot of people go to that because they don't have discretionary income to spend on yeah. this new forms of, of therapy. So ABA therapy, although we it's did it direct. and it had its positives, it's, it's, um, it's uh, is generic. It un- is it unrealistic? It's not unrealistic. It just has its challenges with how it's... Um, with how it's taught. I've had multiple parents, whether it was London soccer camp or bike camp or whatever, and you talk to the parents about ABA and they're like, oh my God, my child is prompt dependent. Literally. So, so if you're, not... my child wants a, a glass of water, he's, he's like waiting for a card to go up. And it's like, that's not, yeah, that's, like that's not, not the right. world. Yeah. And so that's, um, although ABA does have its absolute positives, especially you know, insurance companies are involved in it, so it's cheaper, et cetera, et cetera. It also is a bit antiquated. You don't want reliance on that. You don't, what it, what it ultimately develops, and I saw it with London, is I was here with him during ABA therapy because at the time um, I worked at an ad agency and I got to go in a little later than I probably should <laughs> in the morning. Yeah. So at nine o'clock in the morning, his ABA therapy therapist would, would arrive, and she was amazing. She was phenomenal. Yeah. Her name was Matoko, and wonderful human being she worked with London for a solid two years and so in regards to holding a fork or a spoon or um, you know opening a book page by page um, that 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 did have a huge effect on London however as that time went on I was like he's starting to get bored with her with this situation like, yeah it, it's the same kind of rote thing every week and mm-hmm. so that's when I said we, we got to get out of this and then we, we continued with speech. So he was out of ABA probably by the time he was, let's say, let's say four and a half. Mm-hmm. And then we probably went a year with, with just speech and occupational therapy. And then we found Melissa with this relationship development intervention mm-hmm. therapy. Think about how you drove here today, yeah. right? I mean, you've been here before, I get it, but you still were like, okay, I have to go down and I got to get on the toll road or whatever the case, yeah. but you got to get on the five freeway. I don't then I exit yeah. on. So you're pre planning, yeah. right? You're not reacting, you're being proactive. Yeah. Well, because kid is and a sp- specific to London, he's, he's very in his world and he wants his world to be an exact. Well, we know the outside world isn't exact, so he's yeah. going to have to learn. Not only coping tools, but also planning tools on uh-huh. how to, hey, uh, if he wants to go to the park, great. What do you have to do? Go okay. to the bathroom, put your shoes on, um, get, you know, your, get your hat or get your toy that you want to bring, right? And, you know, that's how he plans out. So, you know how, so for an example, you know how he loves color panels and we cut shapes yeah, out yeah. in color panels? Okay, so... What we do as parents to burn some energy is we keep the color panels down here while he's playing upstairs. And if he wants a shape cut, he has to cut, run down the stairs and we'll cut it and he hand, we'll hand it to him. And then he has to run and he runs back and does his little thing, right? Well, that's up and down the steps, whether it's 10 times, 20 times, sometimes 30 times, depending on what project he's working for. But now, and this is, the, this is where all that work that all of us did and I can't take all the credit for uh-huh. sure and Cindy can it's the therapist it's the um, it certainly is supplements to, to an extent mm-hmm. um, but all that work has led to the point now where he is going huh I How think can I, I can I think I can skirt the issue here yeah so what he's doing now is he grabs his color panels he draws the shape on each color panel then he brings us the color panels and he's like cut away <laughs> So he doesn't have to go up and down the stairs so he just anymore. Wait for one time. So he's he like, just he's like, 
So again, yeah, yeah. and that's he, thinking ahead. But there's his. How he can approach that's the, the progress he's made. It's not yeah. just. It's not a, just. Um, he's not going to stay comfortable. A plus B equals C. There's. Yeah. There's. He's putting thought process, and that's a huge component of occupational therapy uh-huh. is project planning, um, anticipatory thinking. Um, I think with relationship development intervention therapy that we did with Melissa for two years and by the way that first month was hard (laughs) you can't fathom how hard it was and it wasn't it was yes London was part of it but he was almost indirectly part of it it was what Melissa was trying to extract from Cindy and I so she could then showcase here's what not to do she literally videoed us with an iPad the first two sessions and if we go back and look at those videos I swear I want to jump out of a window. I'm so embarrassed, and Cindy is too, because we're riddling him with just questions and demands. And, and it's like, Adele, get your car keys. Adele, you ready to get your cab? And it's just like that, speaking to you. But now you're talking to a five-year-old at the time, uh, or maybe six-year-old, who's processing sound so lightning fast, and we're just barrage like machine exactly. Here. So you can understand why he's not like responding responding in a way that we wanted him to. Whether it is London, get your toy and bring it over here, right? Something as simple as that. We're just on him, just machine gun questions and <laughs> commands. That's the foundation of RDI therapy: no questions, no commands. You have to be statements, comments. I see statements as we've talked about before. Uh-huh. Hey, I see your shoes are in the hallway, or. Hey, I see the. Um, hey, I see your your water glasses on the table. It took a long time to get to that point, but that first month of working with Melissa, I mean, there were tears, there were toys thrown, there was <laughs> a, gl- a bottle of wine opened as soon as she left the, at the end of the day. So it yeah. it was hard, but the work that led up to that that mm-hmm. has now where we're at right now, all worth it, but it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's a. I haven't thought of it that way, but yeah, just to think that you have to approach it completely different as you had said. Exactly. Um, okay, so I, this is one of my last, the last section of my questions is more so um, <clears throat> addressing the special needs community. What do you prefer people say within addressing like the spectrum of autism mm-hmm. and then obviously saying the R word, like yeah, a lot I, of I, controvert. Sure. I don't, it shouldn't be controversy, but there is, do you know what I mean? I think yeah. just maybe at least bringing awareness to why the, it's bad would yeah. make people more hesitant to say it. And, you know, if you ask a hundred people, you're probably going to get a hundred different responses, whether, yeah. whether those are parents of a child with uh, special needs or a, a, a child of a neurotypical. Mm-hmm. But just hearing at least totally. your opinion, not someone like me who's not as affected sure, by Sure, sure. It doesn't affect, it certainly doesn't affect me to the degree that it would affect Cindy. Mm-hmm. So Cindy's a, you know, her, that's just her personality. She's going to absorb Well, that my stuff. mom does that too. Yeah. Same for that word too, because she's just had situations. Like and you have a co- cousin? I do. Yeah. So she, she has a really like frustrated reaction with it. Like it's, as Cindy yeah. said, like when I heard Cindy talking, I'm like, this is my mom. But yeah, totally. <laughs> anyway. Totally. Um, so, so yeah, um, it, it. It's going to affect different people different ways. Yeah. It affected the use, the use of the word, the R word. Or you can, uh, you can say, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, that was starting to be pushed to the side when I was in high school. And it was, don't, yeah. don't call them, don't call them, that's terrible. Don't refer to these kids or people with, uh, with a, a special needs challenge uh, with, as retarded. Yeah. At the time, I think it was disabled. And, yeah, and then, then that be, that caught a lot of heat too because people like are like, that. "I'm not disabled. I'm perfectly You're, able. Yeah, I just do things differently." In a different way. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so it doesn't affect me to the degree that it would affect um, Cindy. I'm trying to think if I had a specific situation that I had to actually get involved. No. Um, in my experience, I think people, when they see a nine-year-old boy flapping his hands in the middle of the grocery store, I think people can probably piece together yeah, yeah. pretty quickly that, oh, okay, you know. Yeah. Um, now, the meltdowns at, at, in a grocery store, that's a whole other Because people don't thing. know then because he's just – it could just seem like he's just exactly. – But um, would you say just like as a safe bet, just like – don't say it because you – like even if someone's not that offended. Sure. I mean that's just 
hopefully that's, that's showing class and integrity as, yeah, yeah. as a society, which unfortunately is in a very small amount right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, don't judge a book by its cover kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I, at the same time, um, I thankfully have not in, been in a position where, where somebody would say really... something to me or so like, shut the kid up. Or I've never experienced that. The only thing I've experienced, unfortunately, is, um, you know, London, London likes to do his thing. And w- whether he's in a swimming pool or in a park, he's doing his thing, right? Mm-hmm. He's not bothering anybody. He's doing his thing. But he doesn't like It's it when other people come into yeah. his world. That's when it gets a little bit challenging. And adults can regulate themselves and maybe pull back a little bit. Uh, most adults, I but should know. But kids don't But kids don't. They, well, because kids can't, don't even exactly. pick up on anything. They anymore, don't. And so. so, you know, when you have a kid saying hello to London like 15 times, and then he's, they go back to their parents and say, he's not saying hello to me. And again, it comes back to, oh, God, do I have to have it's that like A-word you have to, discussion you again? You have to, like, explain it Exactly. All. And it's I just, very, I just, I try to, um, it's all dependent on the situation. Most of the time, I, I divert the attention to, to, the, to the other child. Like, hey, I like your toy or whatever. Just to... Yeah dissolve the situation but yeah thankfully it, it hasn't been to the point where i needed to speak yeah. up i i i i chewed into a dad at the park one day because his child just would not let london, london play yeah. by himself and london literally was playing with a rock and this <laughs> yeah. kid had to have that rock really? and the dad oh. was over there on his phone or whatever and i and i you know as a parent and i'm trying to watch london like okay how's he gonna react to this because i can't be there all the for yeah, the rest so of his you're life trying to let him so like i'm trying to give the leash a little bit more and more and more and finally i can tell london's starting to get a little upset or whatever and so i went over to the kid i go oh, he's, he's just playing with his rock buddy just just let him be he's doing his own thing today you know super casual yeah. and so the kid left for all of like 12 seconds and then right back trying to, no. and so, so now London's starting to get really, really, you know, Actually. and so I said to the kid, look, dude, he, you know, it's not your day you today. He just wants to do his thing. Exactly. I don't want to get into the discussion. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so I said, look, just let him be. And the kid just would not get it. And that's yeah. when I went over to the father and just lit him a new ass. So <laughs> he, he got off the phone very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I can imagine. Um, I'm pretty sure that's all I have for... There's a, a bunch of movies out and a bunch of documentaries out that are so... Yeah. Um, in, not only um, educational, but inspiring. Um, they're easily watched. Um, they are... Uh, you know, they, they do show the spectrum. It's not just a, a one-size-fits-all with this. Yeah. Um, so anything on... I mean, there's the A word that's on um, Amazon Prime. There's have you seen Atypical? The Atypical on Atypical Netflix, is really very, good. very well that. done. Oh yeah, and and the best thing about a lot of these movies is, although the the core subject matter is autism, I was say, it's about how it affects the group around. Yeah, I was gonna say like I had a, for example, Atypical. I had a really big appreciation for that show because autism was almost just something that kind of affected things mm-hmm. but it wasn't like it wasn't autism. and that's yeah like it was like oh let's see how i don't remember Sam. oh that was his name Sam, yeah. how he deals with a, having a girlfriend yep. how he's gonna deal with going on the bus oh this is him getting a job like it's yeah. kind yeah. of giving it's i don't want to i don't can't explain it. it's almost like um watering down the intensity of focus correct if that i can't explain how mm-hmm. I'm, but yeah but so. Uh, but so take sam's penguins yeah like the that's penguin his, thing. that was his absolute passion and he would right? like recite them he would know he knows everything about their mating yeah. rituals or you know where they live and the food that they eat and etc etc so that's london but with numbers numbers shapes, letters planets. planet solar system it's yeah that in that world and again it's it's taking that interest and then us as parents pushing it a little bit, pushing the boundaries of his comfort zone, and then maybe some new information and energy comes in, and then yeah. he takes that and pushes. So he went. Because he could find, totally. he's gonna find a crew. Like for example, the Sam. Mm. I think he wanted to do something in like biology, something to study totally. penguins or yeah. Antarctica. But yeah, so. So so, uh, that's why I said use technology as as a. Um, as your ammunition on how to deal with this. And, and trust me, not all days are super fun for us. I mean, there's some, we've, we're on a high right now. You know, we've got his supplements a little bit regulated. And it seems like he's, he's clearly maturing, which is both a 
huge reward for all the work that we've done and we're seeing a bunch of positive stuff, but he's also, again, looking at the, the situation from a different angle, he's also being a little bratty boy, which now in the neurotypical world, oh my God, my son's being such a little brat. Well, we kind of like it because he's being a brat. Yeah. He's advocating for himself. Yeah. He has desires and wants and needs. And although it doesn't just flow out of his, uh, you know, verbally, we can, we can, can read him pretty well. But again, we're looking at it. Okay, yeah, it was a challenging day, but look what he was trying to, to do. I'm trying yeah. to communicate with us. So I would say use technology. There's some amazing movies. Um, there's a we'll really... We'll link them in the... Um, yeah, totally. But uh, to you, there's a movie, a documentary on um, Hulu, and it's called Far From the Tree. Cindy texted me yeah, an hour dude, ago. dude. You gotta watch that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so maybe. that's not... That, there's four profiles. One of them is autism. The child is nonverbal, and he's a teenager, but... The, you know, the crux of that, of that specific profile, they profile three other situations, uh -huh. but they, they profile this kid who I think lives in Pennsylvania and he's, I think 12 or 13. And oh, so it's on real kids. Like, oh yeah, it's, it's real oh, people. So it's a documentary. Real okay, people. Okay. Yeah. And the one profile is this thir 12 or 13 year old boy with autism. It's non, he's nonverbal. Mm -hmm. And he, they finally, they tried every trick in the book, right? I mean, they did the supplements and they did Everything. the brain balance and et cetera. Then they ultimately took him to Texas and they did this therapy where um, he started to communicate using a, a board, you know, uh -huh. piecing words together and stuff. And the first words that he spelled out was, I, I'm in here, I'm very smart, and I am listening. Oh my God. And, yeah, but he yeah. just can't verbalize. He can't it. say it, yeah. yeah. So that was an amazing documentary, and you will cry, so bring Kleenex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but happy tears. Uh -huh. um, so that's what I would say to the. And, and in regards to people in society and stuff like that, I mean, it if someone's so a jerk, they're going to be a jerk. Yeah. If someone's kind, they're probably going to be kind. I can't choose, but yeah. But, you know, it is. It is, um, people, but I think there are people that care. They just sure. come off the wrong way. Totally. That's for, I'm guilty of that too. Yeah. And, and again, because autism is, it, it, it can be a very complex situation that to your point, people w want to do the right thing, but at that specific time, time where don't. his brain is exploding because he's just overwhelmed with the sound of the lights and the sound of the refrigerator over there and the frozen, some woman's picking up frozen peas and you know, yeah. he's hearing all that stuff at 10. Whereas yeah. you and I can go, eh, you know, we can, yeah. we can um, filter out the frozen peas and the clerk that's, yeah. you know, like, on the cash thing. register and the beeping's going on. You and I can filter that stuff out. London he can, yeah. he's, it's coming in in such a pure fashion, which is why a grocery store or going to a bank is hard for him. And that's why standing in line, he starts to fidget. He's not doing it on purpose. It's a it's just gut reaction. Like, exactly. Because he's getting just too much. pulverized with, with, um, sound in, with visual and sound information. And he's like, I can't it's deal with this. So, yeah. I'm, so that's why in a, if, if we're ever at a bank or if we're ever at a grocery store or Home Depot or something and we're checking out, he will hug my side and he'll just stay right here. Uh -huh. he, and he's getting better for sure. Like I can go, Hey bud, go stand over there for a second. And he, with maturity and everything, he, he'll go over there. But a lot of the times he's processing information at such a high rate of speed that his only thing is I'll just hug dad's thigh or waist and I'll just stay here until we start walking. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think, I think you really, um, give a good perspective on the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and we went in, so, you know, we got everything. Getting, yeah. Thank you so much for um, Thank you. being interviewed. Yeah. And we'll have to do one on... And you got coconut water out. Yeah, I did. I did get free coconut. So <laughs> I'll have to interview you on being a stay-at-home dad more. And then okay. <laughs> why the advertising industry should be employed. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I'll bring my brother over for that one too. Oh, okay. Because he did it too. All right. Thank you so much. And we'll see you guys next time.